In Cleveland Heights, the question for residents is a matter of change. Signs lining the lawns urging the more than 32,000 voters in the city to either vote to keep or change the way they've governed themselves for 98 years. And let the chips fall where they may in November. Let the voters decide what's in the best interests of our city. Citizens for Good Government has conceded this election. We all care about this great city that we call home. We all want it to be better. The citizens of Cleveland Heights will have a say over who they want to be the mayor. Today's episode, Eric Silverman, Nathaniel okay. Martin, yes. welcome to uh, to Due Diligence, uh, in partnership with the Heights Observer. Okay. I encourage everyone to sign up for the Heights Observer, support the Heights Observer as much as you can. And, uh, and we're here today, we're continuing to talk about Cleveland Heights as it moves toward having an elected mayor for the first time ever. And Nathaniel Martin, you've been on uh, East Cleveland City Council for 25 plus Tw years? 27. 27 years? Yes. You have a career in social services. Uh, you've worked with uh, with youth, trying to trying to help youth right. get off the streets. You've worked with the prison population in the, yes. in the county to some degree. Uh, voter registration. Uh, you've seen a lot, I imagine, in your 25 years. Yes, I have. So when you think about the current state of East Cleveland, what are the things that you want the people of Cleveland Heights to know? That since we're right next door to each other, we need to be working together. Uh, one thing that comes to my mind right now is that recently we've had a lot of chases in East Cleveland, and sometimes we go through Cleveland, sometimes we go to Cleveland Heights. And I'd like for there to be a collaboration with the police departments. There's, our fire department has a collaboration with the Cleveland Heights Fire Department, but I think there needs to be more connection between the East Cleveland Police Department and the Cleveland Heights Police Department. I would like to see that. And anything that we could, like right now, John D. Rockefeller left two-thirds of the park to East Cleveland and one-third to Cleveland Heights. And we could collaborate on that. Those are things that we can collaborate on. Ours is not as well maintained as yours, but the but the habitat is there because we we don't have the resources to really keep it up the way it should be. Okay. So to circle back to your first point about the police chases, that's actually in the news this week, right? Yes. Don't tell the people, and that's going to affect us to some degree too. So what's your new policy regarding police chases in East Cleveland? Well, what we're trying to do is make sure that if we're chasing someone in East Cleveland and we come to Cleveland Heights that we notify your dispatcher and they intercede so we can block them in instead of them flying up and down the street and potentially people get damaged or killed because the cars are going so fast. That's one thing that we're working on. We haven't legislated, but we've been talking about it for a whole year. I was reading something yesterday that talked about we've had almost 50 chases over the last month or two, and that's ridiculous, okay, especially if it's something minor uh, but if someone ends up getting killed, we've had two people get killed over the last year because of police chases. So not only is it inclusive in my mind of Cleveland Heights, but it's also inclusive of, of, of Euclid and Cleveland. Those are the, the inner in ring suburbs that are right next door to us. My understanding though is your new legislation is going to limit your police officers are not allowed to do a chase unless there's a warrant involved. Is that correct? If we if we legislated, there's there's contention in the council. 
someone is someone. So we'll see how that goes. The council members that are against that, what is what are they thinking that it's you know what if we have a shooting suspect? That's not a, there's no warrant involved. They still would want to chase that person. Well, the issue is that they feel the police should have discretion to if they need to go, let's say the extra mile. So some council people feel that, and some council people we need to cut these chases off because more people are getting hurt, and they seem to be more of a negative than a positive. When you think about, Eric, the, the history here that we're surrounded by, this park, and you think about uh, working with East Cleveland, are there things that come to mind? Then, Well, I, 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 the councilman may recall better than I. I, I thought I could have sworn there was one time there was some discussion of the, forest, of the Metro Parks taking over Forest Hills Park. Right. I wasn't sure. I, I can't recall if that moved anywhere. To me, would, is that something that would be, I mean, I understand everyone wants home rule, but... Metro Parks got real serious resources it, too. It's it's a financial situation. Going back a little bit, a few years, all there was discussion going all the way back to when uh, Wallace Davis was the mayor. That was twenty some years ago. Was discussion turning it over to you guys? But the, the public were, was opposed to that. They felt that us having that would be a gem, so we never went anywhere politically. It wouldn't. It was not viable for the citizens of East Cleveland, they didn't want it. So I, I can understand, you know, giving it to your next door neighbor, but to me, it's like the county, I mean, they're, they, it's the Metro Parks have been bit by bit, you know, I think they added the zoo, and they, right. it, it's and Cleveland gave them a lot of their stuff. It's the kind of thing where, you know, they've got those kind of deep pockets that, you know, I, 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 I'm hard pressed to find a single Metro Park that people don't like, you know. I, I would say to you that Within the next five years, that's the high probability that it will come under Metro. Okay. So it's still under discussion. It's, it's still it's still under discussion. Okay. Okay. I know there's some Cleveland Heights citizens. It, it was it was too. suggested by a couple of council people that why don't we get Metro to take it over? Put it on their maps. Get right. their marketing yeah. behind it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And get the resources that they have. Right. Okay. Wouldn't that and wouldn't that also benefit the Forest Hill neighborhood here? Oh, like, absolutely. When you look around at East Cleveland and this neighborhood, and don't like like me, don't you just see untapped potential all around? Uh, all around the Forest Hill Association, right down the street here, which is East Cleveland and Cleveland Heights people, uh, they I think they they kind of lean toward that to some extent. Do they? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know their association was in the news a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. They were talking about seceding from <laughs> both East Cleveland and Cleveland Heights, right? Right. This neighborhood. I don't think it ever got any legs. It, it didn't go anywhere. Because they don't want to deal with a lot of the issues yeah. that come with having your own city. <laughs> but still, you can see there's that angst there, right? Like about maximizing uh, the value of this area, you know? It's sort of, is uh, it's really untapped. Well, it's special. We're in a suburb with a, a park that you can walk to. I can walk to the park from where I live. That's special, okay? Well, that's, I think, part of the challenge has almost always been for, you go back to maps when it was just farmland, is it's two-thirds in East Cleveland. The development is two-thirds in Cleveland Heights, okay. but two-thirds of the housing is in part of the Caledonia part of Cleveland Heights that goes to East Cleveland schools, which dates back to the plat map from when it was John D. Rockefeller's estate. So yeah. I, mean, I think because it's so, and it's all, you can't really, unless you really know the the, the borders, you don't know what side of right. the, yeah, it's. Right. Yeah.
what else in East Cleveland right now? So where, like you guys have, you, you, you kicked the can a little bit on maybe merging with Cleveland a couple of years ago and the right. citizens that, rose up against that to some degree, right? Well, the, the issue was that we would be, if we connected to Cleveland, we don't see us benefiting so much. Cleveland wanted $20 million to, to work with us, but we say give us the $20 million. Mm -hmm. And when we, we looked at it comprehensively, I had a couple of attorneys come through. I had a forum where we had people from Cleveland and attorneys who knew about this, and they said the only way that to take place is that the people in Cleveland have to vote for it, and the people in East Cleveland have to vote for it. And we knew it wasn't going anywhere with, with, with Cleveland, and a lot of people in East Cleveland didn't want it, so it didn't go anywhere. Okay. Do you see that as a dead issue? Yeah, I think it's a dead issue now. Now, we are in fiscal emergency right now. The state looks at our, our books, but we have right now a $9 million uh, balance. So we're moving in the right direction. So right now, we, we look like we're going to make it. And the, you know, the paradox in this situation with the COVID situation, we've got like, we got three, four million last year of COVID money, and we got some more COVID money, which has sustained us in terms of our police and our fire and the basic services. So the, the irony is, is, is we benefited from, from this COVID money. So uh, you probably didn't follow very much our move to have an elected mayor in Cleveland Heights. We, we are gonna have, for the first time in our city's history, an elected mayor in this coming November, right? And there was a big battle in Cleveland Heights. Right, uh, over that to issue. try to decide that, right. To try and decide that. The voters overwhelmingly decided they wanted an elected mayor. Now, the scare tactics used by the anti-mayor crowd in Cleveland Heights was that look at the problems that East Cleveland has would you want to, are you happy with your form of government? Would you say it's good? Or what would you say to people that use that as scare tactics? I, I, I think the, it's representative government. And I think if you have a council person that you can reach out to and the mayor that's accountable to you, I think it has advantages. We, I think it was in 1985, if I can recall, we switched, we were like you guys. We, we, we switched to a mayor council form of government and it's been okay. It's not been perfect. Now, years ago, all the council people were at large. Mm -hmm. And then maybe about 10 years ago, we moved to some being in a, an award. Like, I'm at large, so I have the entire city. And one of the things that I find to be a drawback is that those in the wards look out for just the ward, not the entire. When we had five at-large council people, we looked out for the entire city, not just this little area. So that's a drawback, but I think people call me, people call the council person in the ward. I think you can, you, you have access to the council person, your, your representative much better with, with the mayor, council form of government than a city manager, okay? And, and apparently the people in, I go to the Highness Civic place up on Mayfield, that's where I got my car. And when I'm in there, I'm reading the Heights Exurban. So I, I, I saw it was a lot of discussion about, uh, but I didn't know what had happened. So the people, the great people of Cleveland Heights voted to, to have, have a new form of government. That's change. Right. You know, change is not always easy. We know that, don't we? Right. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and you said you, did, you were thinking about running for mayor of East Cleveland, and, and, right? Do, right. Do, you, do you see yourself in, in the future maybe giving another shot? No. I, uh, right now, 
I'm grooming, I'm, I want to groom young people. We, what happens to what politicians, and I don't consider myself a politician, I call myself an elder statesman, is that we never groom the young people to step in these shoes. So I've reached out publicly and said, if, if you're really interested in running for council, I'm willing to help you, but you have to be sincere. And I think most, I think all of us need to do more of that. You know, now I, I got 27 years, I run this year, I'll do four more years and I'm gonna let it go, okay? Matter of fact, I'm the longest serving councilman in the city of East Cleveland. Well, that's why I always said to folks, when people say you're a politician, I go, I'm not a politician, I'm an elected official. Part right. of it was because politicians don't say things like that. Right, and I don't like the politician is, it's like you're in the back room cutting deals or, or, or you know, doing some something that's not really nice. So somebody said, Martin, you and the other state. I said, oh, I like that. I think I'll adopt that. Politicians, <laughs> well, yeah, I hate, you know, to me, you're always like, what's my next office? What's my next campaign? Yes. And if you, did, like you, if you did 20 some years on city council, that's because you want to serve the city as opposed to what's my next role. Right. Thank you. Matter of fact, to show you that it's not about ambition. The young man who was our mayor, Gary Norton, okay, I was gonna run then. Then we sit down and talk, then I said, I'll give the young man a chance, okay? So it ain't always about ambition, okay? We need to develop our young people to step in these shoes because we can only hold them for a little while, okay? So another issue that I'm always, I'm curious to get your opinion on is how are you, are you satisfied with how the ARCO dump stuff settled out in terms of dealing with it? And now it's back in the news again. I was surprised, I was shocked to see today. Right, they want to build a jail. Wants to build a jail on the site of the ARCO dump. Like that's not, that's not development. That's not what all that was done for, right? No, I, I, my concern was we were hollering and complaining about this ARCO situation and we couldn't get in, we had the EPA come in. We reached out to the congresswoman and all like that. It didn't hit the, the so fan. So explain, explain the dump situation to someone who maybe doesn't, oh, doesn't didn't okay. understand. What happened and, was, and how it's on the it's on pretty much on the border of Cleveland Heights and, and East Cleveland, right? right? It, it, it's, it's really at uh, Euclid and Noble Road, which is not too far, right. less than a half mile. And it was supposed to be, what it, what it turned out to be, wasn't told to us when we were reading, when we voted to have them, they end up doing something else. They turned it into a, a dump site where they were dumping stuff there. So it, it caught dangerous stuff. So it caught on fire, and it burned for days. So that brought the county stepped up, the EPA stepped up, and eventually they cleared it. It cost, I think, about ten million dollars for them to clean it up. And I and I think they're going to charge the, the guy Riley. Uh, they, they're going to make him pay that some of that money back. But it took all that for people to step up. To, to deal with, with the dump. Now, it's right there, Euclid and Noble, and they're talking about a jail now, and I don't think you want a jail on Euclid Avenue. And this is the county that's, that's yeah, this, yeah, looking they, at sites, right? Right, right. And they're it's, like, oh, here's some development for East Cleveland, here's a prison? Well, I don't know if you see that development, well, I, but let's say East Cleveland is, is mentioned anyway. Right. But you talk to the people, what you, you and I would do, you talk to the citizens and they tell you, we don't want a jail. We, we've discussed this about 15 years ago, a, a jail. That's when uh, uh, I think Barbara Boyd was, was, was involved and she had got some state money. And then when you talk with the people, people don't want a jail in their neighborhood.
If they're exploring so, East Cleveland, wouldn't they talk to you guys first to make sure that this is something that could even fly? I haven't talked with anyone. I think they've talked with the mayor. They've talked with the current mayor, Brandon King, but they haven't talked with the council. And it's hard to get a jail in a suburb. And, and, and it's hard to get a jail in, not in my backyard, not in my neighborhood. That's what you're going to hear, even today. Okay. I was laughing in the article in... Uh, it was Channel 19. It was the only news coverage I saw of the story at all when I Googled it online. Okay. And there was an East Cleveland resident, and she said, um, why don't they just build it in Cleveland Heights? And I was laughing. I was like, that's a fair point. Like, what, you know? like, they're not, like we got oh, room with severance, you, you, right? You, you, I'm just saying. They're not. But they never do that. Oh, you, I mean, but you, the, but you like, brought to be, that up in Cleveland Heights, you never hear oh, yeah. any of it. Uh, the politicians we're bringing up would be, wouldn't be right. re-elected. It, 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 it's, just, it's a negative. It really is. Well, it's, it certainly should be... Uh, a consideration that all the citizens of East Cleveland, I'm glad that, I'm, it sounds like it's probably going to get stopped before it even gets going. It's, it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, okay. okay. I mean, you can't call it, econ I mean, it's, it's economic development. You're talking a little bit of income tax off of employees, but it, it's, you shouldn't call it economic development. It's No, it's, it's yeah. not. So I saw, there was an article that uh, someone interviewed you from uh, Cleveland Magazine or Scene from 2015. Okay. And you were talking about how the mayor was not sharing information with enough information with council about developments like this, right? Like, right. And so, like, I'm worried that when we talk about Cleveland Heights moving to an, an elected mayor, that's some concerns that people have is that there'll be some cronyism and some stuff that happens behind closed doors with an elected mayor as opposed to, you know, the city manager that we had before. So do you have any, want to elaborate on that comment? Yeah. Transparency is paramount. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you're going to have all kinds of problems. That means most of the time when you hear entities want to do development or do an investment in a city, they contact the mayor. Well, if the mayor doesn't share that information with the council, you got a problem, okay? And that's what we were dealing with with one of the mayors, that stuff would come in, and then we would find out about it at the last minute, and we didn't have time to really uh, talk to the people, and, and that's so we couldn't, we wouldn't vote on, so it created all kinds of problems. I would say, in your, in your new government, what, the, what your people voted for in, in the great city of Cleveland Heights is it has to be transparency from the administration with the council. If not, you're going to have all kinds of problems. Okay. And they will go, they come to the mayor, and it's up to him to let them know, but this is what's going on, or her, the, or, her or whatever the case may be. Okay. And, and this, this is nothing unique to East Cleveland. You have the same kind of problems all over. Sometimes the mayor gets information, doesn't share it. Okay, so you have to have transparency. I underscore transparency is very important. Okay. Eric, you have any any, uh, any other interesting well, I guess ideas you wanted to, to, to touch on? One of the I, I know there's always talk about it, and now for Cleveland Heights, we're always talking. How do we do more to engage and with University Circle, which is just this powerhouse down the street from us, and it's even more so for East Cleveland. So I guess. You know, what are your thoughts on how can East Cleveland, you know, Cleveland Heights is having enough issues. How can East Cleveland, which is at the same grade, if you will, how does East Cleveland get University Circle to do more, to to draw more? I mean, it's such okay. a catalyst. Well, we work with them. We have Circle East at Lakeview and Euclid. It's been there five years. It's for people who work in the University Circle area. They haven't had a problem. Okay. We're facing... Right now, the issue that is happening all over the country, gentrification. So 
they're buying up land in that area right now, okay, because University Circle in that area, they're landlocked. We have the land and we have location. In between the streets from Lakeview going east to Superior, there's all kind of vacant land. It's right for development. It's, it's going to happen. So if we collaborate, if we're at the table, we're not left off the menu. So if we work together, we can do this. If not, we'll, they'll just buy up everything and take it over. That's one reason why I've stayed in this, and I had this discussion when we were talking, when Cleveland was talking about taking over, I said, we're not going for this gentrification thing. So University Circle needs to work with us, the players, Cleveland Heights, uh, Case Western Reserve, the hospitals, University Circle Incorporated, Cleveland Clinic, all the key players, your museums down there, come together and see how we can transition this where they benefit and we benefit. Okay, right now, they have to, if anything's going to happen, they got to come through the government. That's why we're there. We represent the people. Okay. There's, a, okay. there's a new, I think, the Huff Bakery. There, the, there's someone doing something with the... Right. It's, it's the developer who wants to do something there. Right adjacent to there, about less than 50 feet, they're building brand new houses, but it actually, it borderlines Cleveland and East Cleveland, but it's, but it's Cleveland. So he's been in contact with the, with the mayor. I've took a tour with him uh, and, and all that. So they're, they're coming. Right now, University Circle Incorporated, has, we haven't had a conversation since we did the Circle East thing about eight eight years ago, maybe less than eight years. So they're coming our way. Right. Oh, yeah. It's only a matter of time. So if we're going to do it right, sit down with the government, all the key players, and see how we can do this thing together. Okay. I mean, I come back to it's in everyone's interest yes. for East Cleveland to do well, right? right. Yes. Like, it's in all of our interests. If it's genuinely in your interest, it you is. may not care. You may say this. I know a huge part of Cleveland Heights that we're looking at right now. They, that it's in there. It's, it's yes. certainly in there. It's certainly in there. It's Absolutely. Well, strong. It's the same way I used to say for Shaker. For Shaker, Shaker needs a strong Cleveland Heights. The same way Cleveland Heights needs a strong East, East Cleveland. Because Cleveland. Right. we're right next to We're not little islands. We're you. A lot of times you can't tell. You walk across the street because the way the, the the borders are, we're all interconnected. Right. We we have uh, Windermere Station, the Lou Stokes Windermere Station which is, we have uh, the bus line that runs at peak times every five minutes. We have some pluses. We have McGregor right down the street here. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff, okay? What has happened to us over the last 20 years is our tax base. If, you, if you, you're not developing houses and you're tearing them down, you're losing your tax base. So if we can turn that around, we're going in the right direction. Again, we have a balance now of about nine million dollars. Well, that's a plus for us. So we're moving in the right direction. You have okay. a positive balance of nine million. Nine, nine million right now. Yes. So According this talk of like trying to get the state to release some rainy day funds is not necessary anymore. Well, we tried. We tried that for years, right. and they would not release the rainy day funds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I don't know if he's releasing them now because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but they would not. Kent Smith uh, took the lead on that mm -hmm. statewide. Couldn't get any rhythm from the from those down downstate, and don't you think it's uh, uh, and strange that 
over the last 10 years that all the state offices are, are held by Republicans? So now we just fin completed the census. So let's see what's going on with, with how they're going to redistrict or, or it's going to be a gerrymandering. And then for the next 10 years, all the state offices will be run by Republicans. That's not fair. It's not fair. So we got to watch that. Okay. Thank you for, uh, for taking the time today. Thank you. That's it. it no, I, I would. I want. Is there anything else you would like to add that you yes. think that when you talk about the the next ten years, well, what do you what do you see? What I see is Cleveland Heights, East Cleveland, Euclid, uh, well, South Euclid. South Euclid. We, we we're, we're right around each other. We we can do that. We we it's a lot more we can do. We can't just get caught up in where all I'm concerned about is Cleveland Heights. All I'm concerned about is East Cleveland. All I'm concerned about is, is Euclid or South Euclid. That ain't getting it done. We need University Circle and Incorporated to step up and, and work with us. We have to work together for the benefit of, of people. If there's been a failure over the last, I would say, 100 years or more, it's been the fact that people who say they're Christians haven't been doing the Christian thing. When you look at, our, at the history, and I'm talking about today is the last day of, of, of black history, and I've been looking and reading things for this month. It's amazing what Christians, what Christians have done negatively that has this stops our progress. So I'm, I'm calling on Christians to come together in the institutions down the university circle, Cleveland Heights, Euclid, uh, Cleveland, East Cleveland to do development, to do investment, to work together, to work on these chases. I'm calling on the safety directors in, the, in those municipalities, the mayor, all the key players, see how we can, can work where if I'm chasing someone out of East Cleveland into Cleveland Heights, that I call a dispatcher and the Cleveland Heights people pick them up. We had an incident that happened eight years ago uh, at our middle school right down the street here, Heritage, where two people got shot 137 times and nobody ever went to jail. Okay, that's crazy. And th that was a chase. And I know you say Martin's back on that chase, but we gotta end that crazy stuff. They shot him 137 times and nobody went to jail. And I don't have to tell you about the Floyd and all that mess. Well, though, when you look at it, it's Christians that are involved. We're Christians. 90% of the people I know are Christians. They believe in Jesus Christ and that type of thing. So can't we sit down to make progress so that everyone benefits? I think we should. I think we can. I've spoken. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, on behalf of uh, the Heights Observer and the City of Cleveland Heights, we thank you for uh, for coming out today. I I thank you for considering me. I say, that, that <laughs> I, you know, when I when I go up to get my my oil chains all like that, I sit down in in there, that that sick that place right here, here on Mayfield, right. uh, and I do read the Observer, and and, I, and it's, 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 it's it's a nice paper. It's uh, suppose it's the state of. Uh, they said it's the best local paper, community-based paper in the state of Ohio. Is well, it, it, it's, I, I read it every time I go in there, you know. So if, if I if I'm up in the Cleveland Heights Library, sometime I'll see it. But that's that's how I knew about. I knew that you were, were having a, an issue on changing government, but I didn't know what had happened at the ballot box.